the Jeep Talk Show. Now, two episodes a week. What? Two episodes? Okay. Yes, that's right. Two. Are you excited? I'm always excited when it comes out on Friday. It's actually a go-to podcast that I can actually listen to while I'm heading over to work or on my way home. New episodes every Friday and early Monday morning and time for your commute. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, I just want to take a moment here to thank each of you that have been sharing the Jeep Talk Show with our social media friends. We've noticed it. Please keep it up. If you haven't shared, liked, commented on the Jeep Talk Show post on Facebook, Twitter, and now on TikTok, take just a moment to do it and share it to Jeep groups you are part of as well. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps. I have problems with that word. (laughs) Anything but Jeeps, the show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... TikTok. God, no. Please. <laughs> hey, don't get What's on. happening, don't, Jeeper? I'm Don't Josh. get on there. It's very addictive. It's so funny. There's so many talented people out there. Suck. Everybody I know who's yes. on there says they yes. wish they, they never yep. had installed. It really is. Yep. <laughs> well, what's up, Jeeper? I'm Josh. On this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking about some next-gen windshield technology for Jeeps and what that may lead to. I've got an update about those off-road electric charging stations and later... I dare you, the listener, to change my mind about something that many will see as a critical component. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and today I'm sharing how to select your next Jeep. Hmm. On Jeep Life in the next episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I have a secret I will be sharing with you. However, it's such a big secret, I can only share part of it. The rest of it you will have to find out on your own. So don't forget to download episode 505 and find out about a secret in the Rockies. Hi, I'm Tony, and uh, in this week's Gladiator segment, uh, we're going to talk about how some people, based on the video that I provided, think that I almost rolled the Gladiator this past week <laughs> at Hidden what? Falls. Yes, yeah, I Josh, saw that video. <laughs> what, 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 do you, did, what do you think? Was it was it an almost roll or just a very steep uh, banking? Well, I like I, the, I like I the know. idea of a banking like in a fighter jet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I got think, one uh, question for you. Did you get yeah. three wheels off the ground? Oh, very much so. No, I'm sorry. Maybe. Three wheels were on the ground. One was about three feet in the air. Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> I got one of those videos on YouTube, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, in 2012, the Mopar and Jeep brands launched JPP, or the Jeep Performance Parts Division, to meet a specific need, delivering a cutting-edge portfolio of off-roading parts to cater to die-hard off-road enthusiasts. As part of the Mopar family, JPP uses specifically designed, built, and quality-tested accessories to ensure serious off-roaders have access to high-end, hardcore, quality Jeep vehicle parts. Last month, in July of 2021, Jeep added a couple of cool things to its JPP catalog. If you want to add power, capability, and performance to your late model Jeep without sacrificing any warranty, check out JPP. The latest addition, and it's a cool one, is the Gorilla Glass Replacement Windshield. And as you would guess, it's made from the same chemical strengthening tech used on cell phone screens. 
Now, those shopping for a new Jeep can skip any aftermarket hassle and order a Jeep Gladiator or Wrangler with Gorilla Glass directly from the factory, or at least be secured properly by the time it arrives with the dealerships for pickup. Surprisingly, the new factory-installed JPP windshield with Corning Gorilla, Gorilla Glass costs only an additional $95 to the beginning That's, MSRP. Wow. Th that is shocking. Shockingly low. A shockingly low figure indeed, considering some of the price points on other options, let alone the aftermarket option. To make the windshield durable, lightweight, and more resistant to damage from any off-road debris that can cause chips or cracks, it comes with an ultra-thin inner ply with a 52% thicker outer ply. Many drivers don't pay attention to it, but the danger of cracking a windshield increases significantly when going off-road, especially if there are already defects or rock chips present in the windshield. Now, on top of new windshield tech, a new paint color has also been revealed too, and better yet, it's not one single shade of red. The new standout <laughs> color by Jeep Performance Parts is called Gecko Green. And if you want this bold, vibrant green paint job on your brand new Jeep, it will only cost you $245 extra. However, if you want to change the color of your current Jeep to this new Gecko Green, I think you can probably add a zero to that number and keep going. Now, Gecko Green is only available for a limited time and only on all Wrangler and Gladiator models. It is part of Jeep's palette of vivid specialty colors that aren't always available. Similar to impact colors, Jeep has limited runs of rare paints, and once they are gone, well, it's nearly impossible to get your hands on them again. The 2021 model year added Nacho Orange and Chief Blue to its paint list. The 2022 model year gets Gecko Green. And orders for the 2022 Jeep Wrangler in the shade end this month in August 2021. Orders for the Jeep Gladiator and Gecko Green are available until early October 2021. Tony, I know the color doesn't suit your fancy, but what do you guys think of a Gorilla Glass windshield, though? I like the idea. Yeah, I guess green Jeeps are okay. <laughs> Tony, you really just changed your voice. So I remember yeah. when you mentioned this a, a few episodes back, and I thought it was a wonderful idea. I mean, especially for the uh, the price. It's this is a no brainer. I mean, no brainer yeah, was needed in, in in this. I mean, it no. pisses me off that I don't have this option. Yeah, I mean, I suppose um, it, it probably could get installed, but I'm I'm guessing it would not would be, be ninety five dollars. No, <laughs> yeah, hell no. No, no, um, no now, hell later no. in the show. Later in the show, we're going to pull the cover off of the uh, the aftermarket option to, uh, to to what this is, essentially. Basically, the exact same thing uh, that you can retroly install into your uh, late model Jeep. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's not going to cost you 95 bucks. I guarantee you that. But here's the thing that I'm going with the Gorilla Glass is that, essentially, a Jeep windshield has nearly no curve to it, if any at all. Right. Uh, it is a flat piece of, a piece of glass. And, and once we've uh, sort of in integrated cell phone technology into the windshield how far are we away from you know like full-on you touch, know hand gestures screen? to change <laughs> yeah touch screens i you know i don't know uh integrated heads-up displays and, and stuff i mean full-on next-gen type of infotainment displays up on your windshield uh or turning the entire windshield into a screen mirror of your cell phone or something like that i don't know it just seems like it would be a natural progression of technology that if you've already gotten a windshield to mimic, you know, Gorilla Glass, how far are we away from, you know, making that windshield mimic your cell phone? So, you know, it's, it's, I think that's the direction we're going. And the reason why I'm so kind of 
all up in arms about this and excited about it is because of the last, the, the last uh, Future of Jeep video that, that Jeep official had, had released, where they, there was a couple half-second shots of some very interesting windshield technology. Uh, that was going to be available, possibly, at least if, if that's what they're hinting, as early as 2023, possibly 2025, uh, with a fully electric Jeep, which may or may not be a Wrangler. But nonetheless, that technology at least partially exists, at least in theory, based on that video, uh, with next-generation heads-up displays integrated into the windshield. So, with Gorilla Glass being there, I think they've got the tech in place now, do they have the technology to incorporate into the windshield tech? I think that's a question that we were going to see answered here in the next couple of years. I think the answer I, I is have, they do. I, I have a quick question for you, Josh. I thought yeah. I read this last year that a lot of these new Jeeps, maybe the 2020 and the 2021 model, the glass was breaking pretty easily, the, the typical windshield. Um, was breaking on these new models. I mean, they would take it out on a basic road and it was cracking. And I remember seeing a lot of posts and stuff. So I'm thinking for the $95, why would you not automatically do that? That way you don't have to deal with replacing your windshield on a brand new Jeep. Right. And with, yeah, with a nine, I mean, I don't even think that you can get an OE replacement for $95. The last no. window that I, re I replaced in my, in my, in my Jeep, uh, 99XJ, uh, I, you know, I had to shop around a little bit, got some uh, glass places to sort of, uh, you know, bid against each other a little bit. I still paid over a hundred bucks. So, right. you know, that's, I mean, and that's, you know, a little bit bigger piece of glass even, I think. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, you know, you're not going to get it for 95 bucks. I mean, at least unless you're buying a brand spanking new Jeep. But this also could possibly become commonplace. Now, I mean, I don't think you can get a cell phone that doesn't have some form of Gorilla Glass on the screen. I, I think in the future, you may not be able to buy a Jeep that doesn't have well, Gorilla Glass. I made this argument last time. For 95 bucks. why are they even making a new choice? Except maybe, exactly. except maybe marketing, but because that it's, a, it's a good marketing. That's, that's what I think, because I believe that, you know, for 95 bucks, they're going to get a handful of people to throw, you know, pitch in for it. Why not? Right. And then when they find out, oh, it's Gorilla Glass, you know, and they, people start bragging about it and talking about it and stuff like that. Now they can sell the aftermarket version to, you know, the Joe Blow to retrofit into oh, his Jeep that's a good idea. or her Jeep, you know, at a much higher price point and just right. rake in the cash. Well, Joe so has that synthetic line and that Gorilla Glass. I got to get the Gorilla Glass now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got to keep up with the Joneses. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Joe Jones. How unimaginative is that? <laughs> well, and so it begins. Jeep is installing or possibly has already installed level two charging in the town of Pollock Pines near the jumping off spot for the Rubicon trailhead. Now, through though Jeep claims the Wrangler 4XE is Rubicon ready, there's no charging near the downhill end of the world-renowned trail on the western slope of the Sierra Nevada mountain range near Lake, Lake Tahoe. The Wrangler 4XE drivers can rely on the gas engine, but uh, many will want to tap into the all-electric range for the, in, the, all, the instant torque, which allegedly enhances its off-road capability. The Rubicon chargers are one in a series uh, Jeep has committed to building in partnership with Electrify America, the nonprofit EV charging network. In addition to the Rubicon chargers, Jeep has announced two other sites for its first trailhead installations, Moab, Utah, arguably the off-road mecca of the world, and Big Bear, California, a common huh. jumping off for many Southern California mountain trails. 
Now, ultimately, Jeep says it intends to have charging stations open to the public but free to Jeep owners at or near all 56 of its popular Badge of Honor trails. For wow. those who don't know, Jeep owners can apply to get a special badge to display on their vehicle for each trail completed in the Badge of Honor system that spans over or across, rather, 21 states across the country. Now, according to the Electrify America website, Jeep claims these first three charging stations should be operational by now as we are here in the second week of August in 2021, and that the network as a whole will be completed by spring of 2022. Now, since I have two of these trails here within a two-hour drive of me, I plan on doing a full report on them once they're here in my own state. I haven't seen or heard they're in Big Bear yet. Yeah, I was going to ask you specifically directly because I noticed that and I'm, you know, they said that these three were going to be operational by spring of 2021. Well, here we are in the summer of 2021 mm -hmm. and where are they yeah. at? I haven't seen a whole lot of buzz. I haven't seen very many pictures at all. So all I've seen is some designs, some concept and stuff like that. Where are these? And if they're not installed and we're behind schedule, are we, you know, above budget? Are we behind budget? Where is the schedule? Where is the installation? Why isn't this happening? You know, what's going on? So there's a lot of questions going on. Uh, not very many answers at all. Uh, Electrify America does not have much information on their website about this. Jeep doesn't have any information on their website about this. So it's one of these things to where um, I think somebody dropped the ball and, and they're just kind of kind of trying to keep it under the rug for now until they can play catch up. I, that's what I'm guessing anyways. Well, and it's going to be interesting to know where in Big Bear. I mean, we have so many trails up here. It'd be like your area, yeah, Josh. Right? Exactly where do you do it? You put it in town. Well, you still have to drive through town in traffic to get to the trail. So you've just burned up probably, you know, two of your three hours. I'm sorry that you get to go, you know, so I don't, I'm not sure where they're going to put it. And then how is it going to work? Is this what I'm looking at the picture here? Is this all solar and it's going to charge it like that? Because I That's can't imagine the forest service allowing you to dig lines to put power in, to put the, you right, know, the electricity exactly. there. So not in the mountains and up here. Least, no way. At least where you know the two trailheads that i'm thinking of for the badge of honor trails in my area um there's not a lot of room near these trailheads oh. for something like this so what yeah. i'm guessing is that they're going to be uh near the trailheads like at staging areas uh things like that so Which there is may on the be highway i guess or something I, you know, I, I, I'm not familiar with, with Big Bear, let alone all of its access points, parking lots, trailheads, things like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure that there's a fair amount of real estate there to choose from. Um, up here in the Tillamook State Forest, uh, where my two Badge of Honor trails are, uh, there are only a couple of trailheads, uh, or I should say staging areas, uh, and the trailheads are very, very small. Uh, and typically, they, there is little to no room for much more than maybe two Jeeps. Um, yep. to pull off of the logging road that you are traversing to get to these trailheads. So uh, certainly no room to park a couple of Jeeps and a charging station, uh, let alone you're going to have to deal with tree cover. How yeah. are you going to get, you know, um, you know, uh, I, I, what are you just going to cut down half the, the trees on the mountain to get rid of the canopy so that you can get, you know, some, some sunlight Full down sun. through the foliage to get to this thing? You know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It just, it, there's so many unanswered questions. And it just doesn't seem like a good concept. I understand why they're trying to promote this. I understand why, you know, where the inspiration comes from. It just doesn't seem like a practical solution to me. Well, the $4.3 trillion they're planning on spending on the next three and a half years for electrification of Jeep is why they're doing this. It's, well, it's, yeah, clearly, a, it's, clear, well, it's yeah. clearly a marketing thing. 
I mean, let me, maybe maybe one of you guys knows this. How many Jeeps can charge this thing uh, simultaneously? And because I, I found out recently through the the interview that we're going to have uh, uh, on our next episode that it takes two hours to charge the the Jeep, and that's if uh, you're running two twenty volt, uh, and it's mm. about fourteen hours on one hundred and ten. So, what do you so think you that park, micro size solar there. panel <laughs> is going to charge? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, the last time that I checked, the, the photo, photovoltaic technology that we currently have right now really doesn't stand oh, at some really no. high voltage for this kind of square footage that I'm seeing for that kind of a panel. And and from what I can understand as far as room and the pictures, the concepts and whatnot that I've seen so far, um, that the no- maximum number of vehicles would be four, likely two. That's what I'm thinking. It looks like two. And what they don't tell you and what they don't show you in all the pictures is there's a gas cap on the other side of that uh, that center piece where, uh, where you pull up to charge, and you have to put in three gallons of diesel fuel to uh, charge your vehicle. So there you go. Too well, many you've got unanswered a new questions. <laughs> yeah, right. too many unanswered questions for sure. No, it's okay. Hey, if you've got a news tip response to any one of our stories, we want to hear what you have to say. You've got an opinion about this topic right here that we're talking about? Let us know what your feelings are, if you will, about about this. Go ahead and and uh, and let us know by phone or by email. Any number of ways to get a hold of us. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Hey, and if you're new to the show, we've got something for everybody at the 4x4 Radio Network. So if you got buddies who don't own Jeeps, well, check them out, dude. we got something for them, too. On the Trail Podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer Podcast, the 4x4 Podcast, tons of great off-road shows. It's all for free, and it's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Newbie Nuggets. So you want to buy a new or new-to-you Jeep. Where do you start? I know you're probably thinking, it's a Jeep talk show. I already have my Jeep. (laughs) Well, there are new listeners who may be thinking about getting a new or used Jeep, or maybe they've been riding shotgun for so long they want their own Jeep. I could go into depth with this topic, and I'm sure our longtime listeners will be chiming in as well, but I'm going to keep it simple and just open the door for starters. First, you have to decide what you plan to do with your Jeep. We talk about that all the time, but you have to answer the question. Am I planning to do fire roads or climb boulders or, and black diamonds? Do I want to drive to the store and mall crawl, or do I want to camp and sleep in my Jeep? Or maybe you want to start with the Jeep and build it as you learn and expand your trail experience. Whatever you decide, this will help you stay focused on that purchase. Now, there are lots of models to consider these days and costs associated with owning a Jeep. You can check out my episode 437 on what owning a Jeep is really like. Uh Uh-huh. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that when I buy a Jeep, I can go anywhere. Well, that's only true if you buy one already set up with the tire size you want and the gears and all the equipment that comes with wheeling anywhere. I think most people start out with a stock Jeep and build from there. That's part of the fun. Models today include the JT, which is a truck model, the Sahara, a good base model, the Rubicon, which has lots of upgrades to get you started, and even the 4XE, which if you're into saving the planet, I guess this is one to consider. But what about the diesel version that's out there and also the older versions like the TJ, the YJ, or even an older CJ, or even an XJ? You could easily find an older Rubicon to get started with too. However, the used Jeep prices are going up. Like Don Alexander Sport S now sells for more money than he paid for it brand new. 
Now, Jeep Mama and her Colorado 4x4, the Jeep Rescue League South, is into restoring very old relics and bringing them back to life. Nostalgia may be something you want to consider as well. Decisions on what to buy are not as easy as go to the dealer, pick out the color, and bam, you own a Jeep. Unless you have oodles of money and can make and change everything to fit your desired lifestyle, most of us start with something new or used and build from there. There's a lot of research that goes into this decision. There isn't an easy chart that says, if you want to do easy trails, this Jeep model's for you. Every model can do everything. It's just how much time and money you want to put into it. We have lots of episodes on various levels of wheeling on the show and talk about wheeling with others, and we find things to add our Jeeps or tire sizes to upgrade or, well, the sky's the limit. So finding your Jeep can be an easy thing once you narrow down the type, model, and possibly the year. New Jeeps offer amazing technology, and older Jeeps, not so much. You may be cranking down a window on some instead of pushing a button to operate it on others. It doesn't matter what Jeep you have or get, just get one and start wheeling. You'll learn as you go. If a new Jeep is what you desire, connecting with a good dealer is a great idea. Now, if you're a, a Jeep Talk Show listener and you're in the Houston area, check out South Fork Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, where Tony just bought his JT. Or Redlands Jeep Dealer in Southern California, where we take first-time buyers on their first trail ride. And if you happen to be in North Carolina, go see Travis Estes. He's a member of our very own Zoom people. He's at the Mouse Jeep Dealer in Albemarle, Marl. I think I won't get that one right. Albemarle, North Carolina. Sorry, guys, if I pronounce that wrong. I'm sure there's a great Jeep dealer in your neck of the woods. Just do your research and get some recommendations. Now, if you're looking for something gently used, word of mouth is a good way to go. Ask your fellow Jeepers if they know of anyone selling a Jeep. Most of us know someone selling their Jeep. They may be trading up or trading down or just need to move one along to make room for the next one. Sometimes finding an older Jeep already set up can save you money, too. You could just upgrade small things or improve upon what's already there as time and funds permit. You can start wheeling challenging trails sooner, but make sure you have a trusted mechanic go over the Jeep just to make sure you get what you paid for and not something that's been well used and ready to break. Other options to find Jeeps for sale are Facebook pages and local Jeep group pages. Many of those groups have separate stuff for sale pages. Offer Up and other apps have items for sale too. These can also be good to off offload items you have upgraded. Um, sell items you no longer use to pay for items you want or need for your Jeep. Yep, we do it all the time. Selecting a Jeep can be a fun process, but do your homework and then go out and find that perfect Jeep. No matter what you buy, you will modify it to your liking. So take it home, use it, figure out what you want to add, and run the trails and get out and enjoy. So I know this is a broad topic, guys, but do you have anything else you want to add? Wendy, is it true that as you uh, play with your Jeep, it gets bigger? <laughs> Tony, I, I can tell you what, from uh, personal experience, <laughs> no? uh, I, I've, I've built a lot of, of Jeeps uh, up using secondhand gear. It's not a... <laughs> I'm I'm the host, man. You got to answer my question. <laughs> it depends on the Jeep. It gets bigger. It always gets bigger as you play with it because you got to add stuff to on it. On the Jeep. Yeah, okay. There you go. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> well, look, we've I've told stories here uh, on the show in the recent past even about uh, wheeling with guys uh, who have taken their Jeeps out for the first time in a more or less stock Jeep or a very very little modified Jeep. Uh, and so, yes, they are. We've talked about the capability of, of a stock Jeep here on the show for, for a, over a decade. Uh, and so, yes, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, any Jeep can go just about anywhere out of the box. 
sure. you know, with a certain, you know, few exceptions, but, but yeah. nonetheless, yes, I, I love, you know, the whole built, not bought motto as well, which a lot of this is kind of under the umbrella of you get a blank canvas, you get something that maybe is a good starting point. Maybe it's got a couple little things here and there or something like that, whatever. But you've got yourself a blank canvas, whatever it may be, whether it's a, you know, a 1980 Jeep or a 2020 Jeep, you know, you've got yourself a blank canvas to do with that what you will, to make it your own, to build it to your kind of a wheeler for the kind of terrain that you're going to be using it for and all that kind of stuff, you know, versus buying a rig that somebody else, you know, maybe they're in Arizona, you're in Oregon. And they built that Jeep for Arizona wheeling, and it's not going to work out so well in Oregon. So, you know, it's it's one of those things to where really the, you know, you are going to modify it. Yes, it, you are. Uh, unless you buy, some, you know, somebody who dumped 60 grand into a Jeep. It's a full-on, you know, dedicated trail rig. It's got the best of the best of everything. And there's likely not going to be a whole lot that you have to do to it. But what's the fun in that, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I think, too, there's a lot of times when, like, we're at the dealers and we see these sort of already set up rigs. And I think when you're new, you might think, hey, I need to get that. Well, if you're only going to be doing basic wheeling, maybe you don't need to spend that money right then. You can do, you know, what most people do is they buy a stock Jeep and then they start adding things as they go. And I just think it's kind of nice to know that you're right. You can go out there and find somebody's already set up Jeep that had everything on it may or may not work for you. And I think that goes back to the very first question I ask is, what do you want to do with your Jeep? You know, and sometimes a new listener isn't going to know that. They're going to start with the Jeep and then they're going to expand and modify and change. And before you know it, they're, you know, they're doing Black Diamond Trails, but that's not what they started out to do. This is exactly what happened with Tammy. I mean, she started off with a Sahara Sahara model. And when she started taking it out, going off-roading, she decided she needed something with lockers and all the the niceties mm-hmm. that you you would use, and she didn't start you know lifting it and then putting big tires on it. She just got a Rubicon and took it out there and was learning how to use the lockers and stuff. So this dovetails in exactly with what you're talking about. Yeah, it's perfect. So yeah, there was a point in time where uh, I was even telling myself that oh, I'm never going to go above 31s. These were perfect <laughs> tire for for what I'm doing, for what I want to do, right? You know, no, I've got articulation. Yep. I can crawl over some rocks. I can get out there and do some things. No problem. 31s and some armor all day long. I'm good to go. Yeah, <laughs> no, that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> and so it begins. <laughs> oh, yeah. The sickness. Bitten yeah. by the bug. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have a topic or suggestion for Newbie Nuggets? I'd love to hear from you. Check out our YouTube channel at Trails411 for great content with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. So, some say I almost rolled the Gladiator this past weekend uh, at uh, Hidden Falls uh, uh, Adventure Park. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I think it was a a bit off camber there for a second or so. And, uh, Josh, I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but I'll put that in the... What, you might have gotten the the left rear tire up in the air, what, six inches or something? It didn't look three. Feet. It was no. measured by where's electronically the, with a laser. Where's the person behind you? I oh, want to see that view. <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh, so anyway, uh, that 
That's what people say. And actually, uh, I did hear from this on, on the post uh, that uh, Don uh, uh, said that he was looking at the, in the rearview mirror and it really scared the hell out of him. When he saw what happened. Well, yeah, because you were started coming down the mountain at Mach 3. You thought probably you were going to run into him. <laughs> That's because everything looks larger when you look in the mirror there, Tony. Ah, that explains a lot. So, well, they there you go. Everything's bigger than Texas. <laughs> so last, it, it does. That is true. <laughs> so last Friday night, uh, late Friday night, Deadpool sent, out, uh, sent me a message about going to Hidden Falls tomorrow. So that would have been Saturday. Uh, my lazy ass told me no, but having a Jeep that I knew could make it out there and back and having another opportunity to go off-road, I agreed. So we met uh, Jeep talk show listener Don S. at Bucky's in Katy and headed out to the park, stopping along the way for some breakfast at uh, Whataburger. So that's another uh, pretty much Texas-only uh, chain that you guys don't know nothing about. You've heard about it, but you don't know nothing about it. So, <clears throat> it was just uh, us three Jeeps. Deadpool in the lead with his 2020 JLU 2.0 Turbo. Don in the middle with his brand new 2021 Nacho JLU Rubicon. I'm pretty sure it has the 3.6 in it. And uh, I followed it in the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. So, it was a, uh, I guess you had red, orange, and red is, is the, the color combination that we were using there that day. So, how did that uh, two-liter two uh, turbo uh, ended up working out? I'm amazed. I'm really amazed. It's kind of cool when it winds up, too. Um, there's some video that I, was, I have not put out yet of uh, uh, Deadpool crawling up a good, uh, I would say, two-foot ledge uh, oh. in, in that Jeep. He's, he's on 37s, and uh, we eventually uh, winched him up, but uh, there was no problem him getting the wheels up and over. It was just getting enough traction to complete the... Uh, you know, complete the transition. But, uh, so, and that, that's another interesting story. I tried to make use of my winch and I had tightened everything up so much. I couldn't get the pins out and nobody had a screwdriver or a pair of pliers that I could get it apart. Oh. Oops. <laughs> Hello. So, they're not listening to the Jeep talk show. We yeah. need to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered some stuff, but anyway, I'm digressing. So, okay, oh, 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 and speaking of tools, I was able to make use of the on X, uh, off-road app this trip uh, got more oh. more use out of it than what i've had in the past right on i, I think it's a little Good. bit better the more times you go because there's there's uh less things on, occupying your mind so you have more time to do other things which is kind of the reason why i got in trouble uh with the uh, getting the, the one tire real, real high in the air so um i so, you know, I was thinking that the Onyx wasn't keeping up with the trails, but actually it does show the trails at uh, Hidden Falls, but it doesn't know uh, where the trails, it doesn't know the trail names, and I, I would really like that. But the cool thing is uh, you can actually make a recording of all the trails that you travel on. It records the speed, your uh, GPS location, and then you can go back later and then at least look at a map of the park that you were at and see exactly where you were. And it is very nice in that in that respect. So uh, I recorded it. I saved it. So now I have it on my phone. And uh, if nothing else, I have evidence that I went off-road. <laughs> of course, I could have always placed the phone in somebody else's Jeep. Uh, so anyway, uh, so uh, at uh, so I was messing with the, uh, the Onyx app or playing with the downhill descent. And uh, I stopped paying attention to the trail. <laughs> oh, this would be the first clue <laughs> well what happened here all Tony, of a sudden us. and come at a complete surprise my passenger Doctor. side dropped 
violently and threw me in that direction right front. Before I could even think about hitting the gas to get it level again, it recovered itself. <laughs> if you haven't Good already, cheap. if you haven't already uh, learned this, pay attention when you're off road. No matter how easy you think the trail is, <laughs> ding, ding, I'm sure ding, that's ding, rule ding. number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta you gotta learn it sometimes. So it's not uh, uh, unless somebody teaches you, you uh, have to learn the hard way. Sure. So, <clears throat> so, uh, so, that, so yeah, make it your input, uh, Wendy. You've seen the the video. Did did you uh-huh. think that was much of an off camber or? Just uh, no. I, I think you just dropped that front tire, and it just you know went in like a little groove or a little divot, and you rolled right through it. So from the camera angle, I, I don't think it was terribly bad. But I could imagine if you were looking down and not paying attention, which you did admit, mm-hmm. uh, it would have startled you or probably thrown your body in a way just because it was, as you said, violent. I'm not you know sure I wasn't there, but I think that's how I see it when I look at the video. So. Yeah. But you recovered nicely, Tony. So yeah. good job on that. But unfortunately, shortly after that, and Josh already made uh, made comment about this, uh, the the Jeep just kind of took off, and I was like, uh, like, what the hell is going on? It dropped, well, probably, and then it took off. And the only thing I can, sh- well, I think it shifted me in the seat, and I put my my foot, and I think this is where you were going. It put yep. I put my foot uh, on the brake, yes, but kind of on the gas at the same time. Yes. Uh, a little so, heel, heel toe action. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just uh, it kind of took off, and I'm like, "What the hell?" So I got it. I got it stopped, and I was really confused there for uh, a moment. Sure. And then I said, "Well, it, it's breaking now, so let's continue on." And uh, so it was y- fine. You can you can see really quickly how something as simple, like you said, is an easy road. Not paying attention, you have a little thing like that. How quickly it changed from you're driving normal, and why am I going so fast? So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't concerned whenever the the Jeep did what it did when it, it dropped like that. Uh, I was uh, I was surprised, but I wasn't concerned that it was going to flip over or yeah uh, any of that. It's just, but I but I re- would recommend that everybody just stop and take a moment to think about it and before you proceed forward. And, and in my case, reposition myself in the seat because yeah. I think that would have helped me get straight to the controls and, and keep in mind too this is a new vehicle so it's i've driven it some i, I think it's got uh, uh 2600 miles on it now so i'm still learning the, still learning the vehicle and but what's uh, cool tony oh, yeah. is you're learning and you're out there experiencing and that's how you're going to learn and i just know one thing from off-roading look there go there so if your eyes were to the center of the jeep or looking toward that system i don't know where it's located on your dash that's probably what happened is the Jeep just sort of went to that direction as opposed to the straight that you thought you were on. So, um, Well, gravity is a bitch. <laughs> it <laughs> <You> is. <know>? Yep. <laughs> physics wins every time. <laughs> every time. So, uh, and, and I didn't get to you, Josh. What do you think? The uh, was, it, uh, was it very much off camber? I get the feeling you don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was that bad. I uh, I think it was more of the the shock of the suddenness of it, uh, and and that you weren't prepared for for that kind of change in G force, and and so the sudden change in 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 altitude of one corner of the Jeep uh, was probably you know much more of a surprise than it than it probably should have been, and and your your mind exacerbated the the severity of the situation. 
Um, and, and, you know, obviously in a, in a new, newer vehicle, it's not, what, you made two payments on the thing already? I mean, you yeah. know, so there, there's, there, there's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things, that, a lot of processing going on behind this that would have added to a little bit of the fear, which would have, you know, made the, uh, the perception of, of, uh, of the experience a little bit more than probably what it really was. Now I'm not diminishing, you know, uh, what you went through. It looked like it was a pretty exactly. good trail, lots of rocks yeah. on it. Uh, I would have loved to crawl that going uphill personally. Uh, looks yep. like it was a, would be a very fun trail, very wide, lots of opportunities for different lines and things like that. Uh, I, I really, it was, I think you just kind of fell fault to your own fault. Uh, and, uh, and it just get, you know, the fault of the fault kind of got away from you a little bit. Um, and, uh, and with that much bouncing around and stuff, easy to, uh, you know, get a little heel toe action going on. And suddenly, you know, the vehicle's not quite as under control as you thought it was. Uh, but you know, that all lasts about a half a second, three quarters of a second in that video from what I can tell. Um, and so, you know, a million things happens in those 750 milliseconds. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, um, yeah, you said it yourself. You just got to pay attention, Tony. <laughs> yeah. But I bet that was a good wake up call. I bet, I bet, yeah. uh, you know, now you're, you're, you're looking back on it. Um, you know, you can analyze a little bit from a couple different points of view, uh, but you had fun at the end of the day, right? Oh, absolutely. And the thing about yeah, it yeah. was, is it was, uh, it was so easy to do all this stuff. I figured I could do you doing other things <laughs> while I'm navigating rocks. Uh, uh, so, uh, and then, you know, it's a, it's a good reminder that you need to, uh, uh, pay attention. And if you're going to be playing with stuff in the, in the Jeep, uh, to, uh, come to a stop and, uh, then mm -hmm. go back to, uh, watching the trail and looking for those things. Cause I, it would have been uh, the the drops. The drop would still have been the drop, but I could have hit it slower if I had mm -hmm. braked through it instead well, of just have known about it. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, and it was coming, and your, your brain would have been right. ready for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, or I could yeah. have picked a different line because I was paying sure. attention to that drop. And uh, well, I don't, right. I don't want to go through that. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it, it, I, I don't know. And, and oh, and by the way, Josh, you were talking about going up it. If you look in that video, you can see on the other side it. There is quite a bit of an elevation change on the other side, which we yeah, went up. Yeah, it so, like it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, right. I think the most fun is getting out there and just learning that it is your vehicle is so capable. And keep in mind, I do have a two-inch lift, but I've, I'm using the, the, the tires that came on it because I... Uh, the the Nexans haven't uh, arrived yet, so I'm just using the standard. I think it it winds up being close to 32 inches uh, tall tires, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's done very well. I haven't. Uh, I think I I maybe I probably scraped uh, a little bit on the rocks uh, in that event that uh, is in the video. Which, by the way, you can see the video on our uh, Jeep Talk Show YouTube channel. It's been posted on uh, Facebook, uh, our Facebook page, and uh, I think it's even on, on TikTok now. So there's all kinds of we ways. We think that it you was, yeah. You done a, a, a post trip inspection? Have you have you climbed under just to kind of see if everything is uh, copacetic? You know, making nah. sure that uh, nothing's gotten too deep of a gouge in it. Nah, there's. Uh, I didn't feel <laughs> that. You, I didn't. Why would you bother? Right? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I didn't. Apparently, feel, he's not listening to anything I've been teaching him the whole time. So. I didn't feel anything uh, uh, that there would be any 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 issue with it. Um, sure, that's exactly what they all say. Well, I did do a three-hour drive back home at uh, eighty something miles an hour, so <laughs> I think I think it's fine. I've been working on vehicles it. long enough that I think I know what I'm doing with it. So, course, on yes. the next Gladiator segment, I bought a bumper. Didn't you already buy a bumper? That, did you, you destroy bumper. that one already? That's the tease, man. <laughs> that's the tease. 
There's more than one. There's more than one. There bumper. is two on that on right. vehicle, I think. That's so right. I think what one te- one good tease deserves another. Coming up on our next episode, we interview Mike Burkhardt, a 2021 Jeep Wrangler 4XE owner, and you'll get to hear directly from this Jeep hybrid electric vehicle owner's first-hand experience. That and a bunch of other good stuff too in that interview. That's all on our next Jeep Talk Show episode. Ooh, I can't wait for that. I want to hear. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now. And I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out. And, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? So uh, I'm going to take this this time to make a plea. We need actually somebody to come in and work for the Jeep Talk Show that knows what the hell they're doing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mentioned uh, on last one of, uh, last week's episode that we had had no body purchase any of the toe tags. Well, oh that was incorrect. <laughs> What we, what we, what I haven't had was any email notifications that anybody has bought any toe tags. We've actually had people buy toe tags, and it wasn't until uh, one of the listeners that I was uh, chatting with on our um, a Discord channel. By the way, where's my toe tags here, yeah. guys? Yeah. <laughs> he he just ordered them though, so it wasn't that bad. And I'm going, okay. I'm going. What? Uh, you, huh? <laughs> you ordered some? I said, let me check. And then I was like, son of a bitch, I'm not getting email notifications. So I need to go to the site and look at the orders. We've actually had uh, a, a few orders uh, for the toe tag. So my apologies. Uh, but we do still need you guys to come over there and for eight bucks uh, get the. And I did find out that the eight bucks is $7.47 for us. <laughs> So that's how Whoa. much that's how much PayPal You're not takes. Profit margin, yeah. huh? <laughs> well, there was no profit in it to start with because we're just exactly. we're just trying to get these, get these things to add cost out there. Exactly. So uh, yeah, so uh, apologies if you haven't received that yet. It's my fault because you know I put this stuff together and I think it works because the other stuff works and it doesn't. So <laughs> like I said, we need some help. <laughs> Me specifically. So go over there to jeeptalkshow.com and uh, look for the little store button at the top of the page and you too can uh, go over there and become a paid subscriber and you can also uh, purchase some of these toe tags uh, and be, uh, so you can go out and put these uh, be an infectious agent and uh, put these toe tags these rat bastard toe tags on other jeeps it's much like doing the ducking of jeeps except with a bad attitude and that's the reason why we like it <laughs> we have a good attitude though <laughs> from the mind of Nikki g hey this is Nikki g and uh this week i'd like to give a shout out to my very special little friend logan who is feeling under the weather this week Logan, we hope you feel better soon, and these jokes are for you. Feel free to use them, unless you want to keep your friends. <laughs> what is a vampire's favorite fruit? A nectarine. What did the snowman order at Wendy's? A frosty. And what do you call an elephant in a phone booth? Stuck. Stuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Logan, rest up, feel better, and I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Wait a minute. What happened to, but that's not why I'm calling. I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) He's starting to, you know, feel boy, yeah. Yeah, Logan, get feeling better. That's right. Feel better, Logan. uh, Maybe Nikki G got a little something of what Logan's got. I don't know. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Chim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. A nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Well, I kind of teased this up at the top of the show. Uh, we're talking about Gorilla Glass for your windshield. And, and, well, I told you there was an aftermarket option. If you want the same exact Gorilla Glass windshield that you could get installed from the factory for just $95, well, you're going to pay a little bit more for that. If you want to protect your Jeep Wrangler JK windshield with the Mopar Gorilla Glass made by Corning, which is, you know, it's common to crack your or chip your windshield uh, glass due to the vertical angle of the Jeep windshield. You know, all that force is coming down right on the edge and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, uh, the Gorilla Glass is a stout upgrade to help prevent this common occurrence, giving your Jeep that added protection from stones and road debris. For your safety, an experienced technician should install your new windshield glass. So, if you want to get this for your Jeep, kind of, uh, kind of a retrofit, and this is an OE glass replacement. It's just made with the Gorilla Glass uh, uh, treatment, if you will. It has all of the Easter eggs that a Jeep windshield would have, including the seven-slot grill above the, uh, uh, the, the rearview windshield mount and all that. A uh, little Jeep down the corner, you know, that sort of stuff. It's all there. Uh, this is an OE windshield. So, uh, don't think you're getting something second-hand rate. Uh, and for this kind of a price tag... <laughs> You better guess uh, it's not. Uh, $674.99 is what this windshield will cost you. Uh, wow. Now, like I said, the last time I replaced my uh, windshield on my XJ, which was, I don't know, about five years ago or so, uh, it cost me a little over 100 bucks. Now, I got a deal. Uh, it probably would have cost me about 200 250 uh, to replace that same windshield, but I, I got shops to work against each other uh, and got a special and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So... That being said, if you go uh, with an average Jeep windshield of being around $250, this is easily nearly three times the, uh, the price for, for a windshield, and, uh, uh, but you're getting that Gorilla Glass. So uh, this might be the very last windshield you will ever have to buy. Uh, and at six hundred and seventy-five bucks, damn well better be. It better be. It's not ninety-five like you talked about at the top of the show. So hello. No, so. That's what I was saying. If you want to go with the aftermarket uh, option, and, and uh, well, maybe you didn't see this in the build list, and ah, oh, kicking myself in the shorts. Well, maybe I can get it for ninety-five bucks after all. Nope, not <laughs> so much. Uh, <laughs> not likely because it's not a robot that's installing it in thirty seconds. It's a guy that's got to come out to your shop or your home and uh, and, and do it that way. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, nonetheless, if anybody out there uh, has one of these or is uh, is going to get one of these, uh, please let us know um, by calling the show uh, or sending us an email. Uh, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how you can do that. Uh, those number, the phone number there to call us and then, you know, all that. It's not a 976 number, by the way, people. It's, you know, just <laughs> dial the numbers. 
Yeah. So it's not going to cost you nothing. But we want to hear from you, the listener, about uh, your your experience with the Gorilla Glass. Is it worth it? Uh, are the optics the same? Uh, does it fog up differently? You know, I want to know. You know, I got a whole bunch of questions about this sort of stuff. So if you have Gorilla Glass out there, call the show. Let us know. Uh, maybe we'll go ahead and set you up with an interview or, you know, maybe do a little impromptu thing or something like that. I have a lot of questions and you might have the answers. So I noticed uh, from the image that you provided in the host show notes, and we'll put this in the show notes so that you guys can see it. Uh, this has the little Jeep uh, emblem, you know, going up the, the side of, uh, you know, the little uh, oh. Easter egg, if you will, and the little Jeep grill uh, that's right, right above the mirror. So like you said, this is an OEE uh, glass. It has all the same type things that you would expect to see on uh, on your Jeep windshield. Not that, that those things are that important, but it's nice that right. when you're spending $674.99 that they take the time to put that on there. <laughs> Couldn't just round up a penny, make an even six seventy five. dollars Exactly. It's, it's cheaper I don't understand that, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about marketing. Oh, I'm saving. It's not even $675. <laughs> I can afford it. If it was $675, no way. But $674.99, I can do that. All right. Yes, I can do that. You know, this wouldn't be the, the $675 wouldn't so, be so bad if it came with a trunk monkey at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> See, it's a whole gorilla thing going on there. Oh, and then there's listers going, what the heck's a trunk monkey? Oh, you got to watch that on. You got to go look for, is it trunk monkey or? Uh, it is trunk monkey. Is it trunk yeah, monkey? yeah, it's trunk yeah, monkey. You need to go look up the dealership right out here by where I live too that created that whole thing. So, oh, yeah. oh uh, really? The, oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, check out check out YouTube for yeah. Check out <laughs> YouTube for trunk monkey. Maybe we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, those were those were just hilarious. Well, now that you must have Gorilla Glass windshield for your own Jeep and you've got more money than you know what to do with, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode five hundred four. Oh, yeah, I did want to add one thing about that. If you're going to be getting the Gorilla Glass for your JK, JKU, before you do that, become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show. And then get the Gorilla Glass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I want to make one note, though. I, I did in a little bit of my research. I did find this exact same windshield on Amazon for $200 more than what this price is. Over Whoa. $800 for the same windshield on Amazon. So... There you go, so, folks. Eh, you get what you pay for. Buyer beware. <laughs> Thanks. Slamming that door. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm trying to see are. if the new Gorilla Glass windshield will break or not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a warranty period, and I want to take care of it now instead of later. <laughs> Well, folks, if you're new to the show, this is the uh, part of the episode where we go ahead and invite you, the listener, to pull up around the campfire and uh, and crack wise, uh, share your opinion about whatever the topic is that we are talking about on this episode. And it's a different one every week. Uh, sometimes it's debate. Sometimes it's an open conversation. Uh, sometimes we ask, um, you know, for your experience or story about one thing or another. And there's no special thing or price or anything like that. So you got to pay or get involved with or anything like that. You yourself, if you are listening to the show for the very first time, can be a part of the Campfire Side Chat, and uh, we're going to let you know how to do that here in just a little bit. Uh, for right now, we've got a whole big list of Jeepers here around the campfire, so we're going to try and get to everybody tonight. The topic for tonight, or for uh, this episode rather, is, well, I'm going to go with my opinion on this, and it's going to be up to you to change my mind. Sway bars are overrated. 
Changed my mind. Hey, Josh, I think this is a great time to mention something about a real campfire side chat that's going to be coming up here next month. Yeah, in fact, uh, you can pull up a chair with both Tony and myself, uh, and uh, you know, two of the uh, of the three, four listener of the co- co-host, host of the Jeep Talk Show. Oh, rather. you're in trouble. There's four. I know. <laughs> four of the co-hosts uh, here around the campfire two side chat. Uh, two of the four, anyways. Uh, you can join in on the next Texas event happening uh, is it September 17th, 18th? Uh, we're, gonna, we're actually going to be there on the 17th, and then uh, I guess technically there will be a campfire on the, the on that Friday night, so if, if you guys nice. want to come out. And we already have two people signed up uh, for the uh, accommodations out there at uh, Hidden Falls. Uh, there's a guy driving, and I mentioned this uh, last, uh, last week, there's a guy driving in from Michigan. Michigan, Jerry, I think. yeah. Jerry. His name Jerry. Jerry from Michigan, driving all the way. Yeah. Hopefully he makes. He, yeah. He and his wife, and uh, they've got one of the Starlight Motels, which if you've rented anything out there at uh, Hidden Falls, you know what I'm talking about. Josh and I are going to be in a bunkhouse because that's what two dudes do. They go in a bunkhouse. Yeah, we got house. the honeymoon suite. <laughs> got the <heart laughs> bed, magic fingers, all hey. that good stuff. <laughs> and y'all wonder why I'm not coming. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you two can uh, join us around the campfire and uh we don't know yet if josh is going to hang in there for saturday night or not but it's been requested that we hang uh for saturday night because i know i'm going to okay josh give me a thumbs up which means uh, the uh, show shamed him into staying and uh, (laughs) so there's two nights that you might actually be able to uh do a camp a real campfire side chat with josh and i and i i I would love and there's a possibility that Tammy could show up to just waiting to hear. So it could be three out of the four, Wendy being the only stick in the mud. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise preoccupied. uh, Yeah. So that's September 18th will be the actual day that we're wheeling. And this is uh, going to be sponsored by Nexon Tire USA. So uh, all the the foods and the drinks and everything are going to be uh, provided uh, uh, by that, and if you've listened to any of the uh, the, the chats that we have uh, before the show with the, the Zoom people, uh, we've already got tacos lined up, breakfast tacos lined up, and uh, something something we don't know, probably Subway uh, for lunchtime. So, hope you can come out. Uh, just go over to our Facebook page and check out the Jeep Talk Show Texas event for September 18th. Please indicate if you're coming. We're going to be doing more things here uh, soon. To, to actually tie down how many people are coming so we'll know how many tacos, breakfast tacos, and how many sandwiches or sam- sandwiches to get for, uh, for the group. Yeah. So getting back to this campfire side chat, uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into uh, you know, our list of Jeepers here around the campfire. Nick is first up. Nick, sway bars are overrated. Changed my mind. I can't live without sway bars. <laughs> I vehemently disagree. I've got I've got a Jeep in the garage that does not have sway bars, hasn't had them for six years. Yeah, but I, I don't pay attention too much when I drive and you know the body roll on the XJ is kind of, oh, kind of bad. Yeah. Great. So Tony's starting a trend like here, Tony. I can see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much. No, I just gotta you know point the wheel and and uh and hit the skinny pedal point and, and hope and that. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can live with you can live without them, but it, for safety, I, I keep the front sway bar on. The rear sway bar in the XJ is useless. I don't know why they put it on there, except maybe somebody's brother-in-law sold them. I mean, I guess if you're gonna if you're doing any towing whatsoever, then okay, maybe having a rear sway bar would be kind of nice. 
but outside of that, I, I, I think that would be about the only excuse uh, or reason to have to have a sway bar. I don't know. Next up, we've got Travis. Travis, sway bars are overrated. Change my mind. I'm not going to oh, change your mind. I think they're overrated. I've got quick disconnect sway bars. I've got JKS quick disconnect sway bars on my Jeep. Do I need them? No, I don't. I drive an 89 YJ. I do not need a sway bar. I do not need a track bar. Those are two things I do not need for anything ever. But <laughs> they were on bar. my Jeep. No, they were not. I don't need a track bar on a YJ. Don't need a track bar on YJ. I don't need anything at all. I I I purchased them. I purchased them purposely because I thought I needed them. I've learned quickly that I don't because they're ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time disconnected. See, that's that's Um, where I'm. If I I connect them, they're not on the Jeep, but yeah. So Travis, it, it, I mean, I, I, I don't need them. You were daily driving your Jeep for, for a period of time there. Uh, uh, you know, did you find that was, uh, maybe yes. that would have been a creature comfort or something? I mean, I, I personally, I was daily driving the Jeep uh, uh, to and from work 40 miles each way, door to door, and uh, in no sway bars, hitting all the major freeways, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no big issues for me. Uh, I really, I mean, once you kind of get used to it, you understand your Jeep, you know where the jeep is going to be and what it's going to do uh that it, i just i don't see a need for it so that's why i'm thinking maybe somebody here uh in the list tonight around the campfire is going to change my mind and come up with a good enough reason why i should put my sway bars back on or somebody else out there who's not running sway bars should put them back on jimmy jeep with us tonight jimmy sway bars are overrated can you change my mind uh, i hope so the problem with not having a sway bar is other drivers you may learn your rig, but other people are happy to make you make evasive maneuvers. And without that, with that extra body roll, it might put you on your roof. I suppose if I, I suppose if you're uh, not paying attention, like uh, Tony or, or Nick, there, uh, you know, going around a corner, uh, you know, rated for 35 miles an hour, you enter it at 65. Uh, there's probably going to be some uh, pucker moments going on there, and and yeah, I could I could see that sort of situation happening. I, I myself well, like to keep my eyes on the road. Apparently, people aren't as erratic in uh, up up where you live, but down here in Texas, there's this this X factor whenever you're on the road, and a little bit extra stability is a big deal. <laughs> this could be a regional a thing point. too. I I have yes. not driven my Jeep anywhere except for Oregon and Washington, so uh, there there's a good chance that that I'm just limited by regional ignorance, if you will. So I, I there's a good chance there that if if I had my Jeep in daily traffic somewhere else, for instance, California or Texas. Uh, there's a good chance that I would change my mind. For now, my mind is not changed, though. John Lee, can you change my mind? Sway bars are overrated. I'm going to piggyback on what Jimmy was just saying, right? So speed limits in Texas are 85 miles an hour. And Damn. You got no sway bars at 85 miles. Yeah, no sway bars at 85 miles an hour is a little dangerous. And considering how easy they are to disconnect, you know, Rubicon, it's a button push or just a quick bolt to take out. I think it's, I think it's a, a safety item that can, can really help. Well, you know, I got one major problem with, with the whole premise behind your argument. It's that my Jeep probably can't get up to 85 miles per hour. So <laughs> it's a moot point at, at this point. So I, I, but thanks for playing. 
Mike Zen, <laughs> Mike, uh, well, what would you say about uh, sway bars? I personally believe they're overrated. Uh, I want you to change my mind. Well, I don't think I could change your mind. I mean, I personally think sway, a sway bar is necessary because, I mean, like Kimo was saying, it's like if you're traveling and there's a dumbass, you know, cutting you off really short and you have to do evasive maneuvers, you could easily lose control of your, your Jeep and be on the roof. You know, it's like so it's just a matter of safety issue. Have, have anybody out here uh, actually had a aggressive braking maneuver needed to be applied um, with uh, uh, and running no sway bars on the freeway? I have, uh, and and yeah, the front end's going to dive a little bit, but again, you know, got to know your vehicle. So I mean, one of two things are going to happen: either you know you, you're not paying attention and you're going to get into an accident regardless. Or you are paying attention and you are a good enough driver where you can uh, safely navigate out of that situation by whatever means necessary. Whether that's a aggressive braking and or steering maneuver or accelerating suddenly into another lane or getting onto the shoulder or something like that. Either way, you know, reflexes, time, space, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely it's going to put, speed is definitely going to play a factor. Uh, but again, you know, speed limit's not 85 where I'm at. Uh, and so I don't have to worry quite as much about that sort of thing. I always leave a couple of car spaces in front of me. Uh, you know, my Jeep doesn't break the fastest. And so, you know, there's always a little bit more time uh, to react than there would be other, other otherwise would. Steve-O, what would you say? Can you change my mind about sway bars? Nah, I don't need to, but you know what? All I got to do is press a button to turn it on and off, so why not have it? i'm not a big fan of the push button disconnect i mean sure it sounds all nicey nicey and everything but i've seen a lot of reviews online about those things being plagued with problems especially if they ever get wet and i don't know about how here in the pacific northwest uh eight months out of the year jeeps never get wet so it should be fine of course not right they never (laughs) see mud things like that especially in california we don't have any rain or wet what the hell is that jobless (laughs) <laughs> hey i've had it i've had it where the uh controller of the sway bar has been underwater before and well i'm off-road and i've had it no problem so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep yeah, it no there, there are those out there who who have you know absolutely zero issues with this technology and and i i mean hats off to to the inventor of this it's it certainly um uh filled a void where where you know a lot of people don't like getting out and disconnecting and all that stuff, especially if it's raining, you're in mud you know, already. The AC sort of is so nice in a hot environment. <laughs> right? Why not just push a button? <laughs> if we can do it, you know, we've got the, we've got the technology, we can make it I'm going gonna, gonna to mount some cameras on the Jeep and then just, get, just, just sit here and watch somebody else wheel. <laughs> well, it's just like the old joke. When people would be on the trails back when I was wheeling with my 98. Um, someone said, okay, everybody get out and lock up. And the person with the new Jeep thought they were talking about locking their doors. They didn't know you had to get out and actually lock the hubs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause, you know, I got to turn the hubs and checking you know, the zipper, is, checking the wheels. Perfect. <laughs> we in a bad neighborhood here. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they literally did. They thought we, we were telling them to lock their doors. Yeah. That's funny. Good times. Good times. Yep. Bill, what would you have to say? I know that, uh, that you got a Jeep that, uh, is very capable. Uh, Sway bars? No sway bars? What what are you running? Well, it depends on what you're doing. Uh, like you say, if you know how to drive your vehicle, you don't worry too much about it on the highway. Uh, and you've got your head on a swivel and don't get yourself in a position where you've got to do a panic stop. Mm-hmm. That being said, I switched over to the Anti-Rock sway bars, front and rear. Uh-oh. And it makes 
Uh, it makes a huge difference. There's a great video that I watched when I was researching all this. It's a couple years old. Should I remove my rear sway bar? It's only about seven minutes long, but they drove their rig up one of those ramps, to, you know, flex ramp. Yeah. And they actually did better and got farther up with their rear sway bar still connected. So that doesn't make any sense. It does. It does make sense. You watch it, and uh, you know we can talk later, and you can tell me what you think. Interesting. All right, I got some homework to do. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> there, there. So, but the other issue is, you know, I had these conversations with uh, John Curry, and he designed the damn system, and he says really it's all about keeping balanced weight between the four wheels, and it keeps your so if you have the correct sway bar in the rear, it'll affect your front as well. And it'll keep right. your tires that makes sense. actually down in the holes and on the ground. And you won't roll over in a panic roll uh, when your front tire drops into a into a hole. He's looking at me. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, right at uh, you. But it, it does work. And those those uh, anti-sway bars is really what they is what they should be called at any sway bar mm -hmm. is really for the highway. Um, and a lot of people don't like the anti rock, anti sway bars because right. they say, Oh, I, I roll a lot more. I didn't notice the difference. Maybe it's cause I know how to drive, but you know, we drive the mountain roads all the time. I don't worry about it. I stuff it into a turn and you know, it's not that big of a deal. You can also get thicker torsion bars if you feel it rolls too much let's say you've got a little extra higher lift and your center of gravity is a little higher you can actually adjust which torsion bar you put in there so they are tunable but i'm that I'm i didn't know I, I had a i had a friend running uh the uh, metal cloak progressive spring system um and 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 uh the anti-rocks front and rear uh it was on our trip at the, the rubicon this was years ago uh, and he had several moments that he felt like the suspension was unloading on him inappropriately at the most inopportune times, and he was blaming it on the combination between the progressive springs of, of uh, uh, the progressive spring design and the anti-rocks. And he said, if I just had disconnected that anti-rocks and, and had been you know, free-floating on all four corners, I wouldn't have felt like I was in danger. And, and when we got home from that trip, within two months, he had his Jeep completely rebuilt. Uh, all different kind of suspension and 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 running no uh, anti rocks. So I went to you know just standard sway bar disconnects. Um, and so I mean I've I've heard that that kind of experience firsthand, seen it firsthand. Um, that I, and, and again it all I think depends on the setup and and all that. I didn't know about the torsion bar, so I don't think he knew about uh, being able to swap out those torsion bars uh, and get different sort of performance, uh, curves with that. Better, uh, better match the so, coils that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you exactly. Do that. You can also adjust the, uh, the links at a different place or distance from the pivot point. Right. So, yeah. I know that. And that'll, I mean, you, know, you can really find too, but lifts and stuff. you know, if you dive yeah. into a hole, you know, rock crawling, similar to what, uh, Tony did, but if mm -hmm. you're not paying attention, yeah, I mean, I, I don't care what you have you're going to roll. You're going to keep right on going if you're not paying attention. But it does help keep all four down in the in the holes on the ground at the same time. And then you're just looking at dampening. Uh, you know, it just depends on what you're doing. But in, in the rock crawling, yeah. If you're just doing fire roads and, and you're not really 
uh, screaming along too fast or anything, no big deal. Right. Hey, yeah, Josh, if that, I can jump in here for a second, I'd like to ask Bill something. Yeah. Um, Bill, uh, I, I was thinking about doing the anti-rock on the Gladiator, the front, and uh, mm-hmm. I was, and I think you may have already mentioned this, uh, and this might even be a windy uh, question. Uh, I'm concerned because my wife really likes driving the Gladiator, and I don't want to do something that makes her feel unstable uh, in the Gladiator. Do you think that it would be with the anti-rock uh, on the on the Gladiator, do you think that would be a noticeable difference for somebody that was just on road? Um, I would go back and ask the question: Why do you feel the need to put the anti rock on the front? Are you really going to get into super uh, big articulation? Well, I, I don't want to have to pay are, attention off road. Yes. What's that? <laughs> I don't want to have to pay attention off road. I just like the, the Jeep Here to do it go. for me. Well, no, and, and maybe, and this is a good question because maybe I'm wrong in this. I'm thinking that if I had been, uh, if I had my sway bar disconnected, that would have been less of an issue uh, because it wouldn't have pulled the Jeep uh, opposite corner. Uh, that was my theory. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You should watch one of our older videos that we did with that uh, Sport S that Don bought. Uh-huh. Uh, and we went through one of our training areas where we took our students, and we went down the same place that we've done several times with the uh, sway bar still connected. And we're both good drivers, and we both did sphincter calisthenics. It was a big deal. And I said, well, just for fun, we've got enough tools with us. Let's go ahead and disconnect. This is a stock. This is before we did anything. We had the stock wheels, tires, everything. We disconnected the front uh, anti-sway bar, and it's amazing the articulation we got out of it. So if you don't have a Rubicon with a button, which is really convenient because that's what we used to have and had no problems with it whatsoever, um, and you have to get out and disconnect and you don't think you want to do that, then then go to the anti-rock. Uh, you only have a two-inch lift, and you're going to get a, what, another inch and a half when you put your 35s on there. Right. Unless you plan on doing uh, road rallies and really getting into it, I don't think you're going to notice a difference. But it will be really convenient off road. Yeah. Well, the the plan right now is is that uh, the the Gladiator will be going to faraway places and off road. But as far as it being a hard hardcore wheeler, no. But I would like to actually be able to use it. So my choices were to actually get uh, disconnects that. You know, the, the quick disconnects that I would uh, uh, pivot them up uh, out of the way, or I could get a uh, automatic um, a sway bar disconnect from a Rubicon takeoff or the anti-rock. And uh, I was uh, I was thinking that the anti-rock would be really nice from the standpoint is it's just there. But I was concerned well, that my wife may, may feel uneasy driving it. There's no, one other consideration. It's a nice... I'm There's sorry? one other consideration here that is that uh, you know the pr- one of the primary purposes of, of that gladiator was to be a tow rig. Now you know, so with a tow rig, you know, you got to take that into consideration as well. So with a, a you know some tongue weight or a load behind you, how is whatever you know sway configuration you're going to go with change the change the ability to tow or the the safety or the stability of the tow with that in place. Well, there will be there'll be no tongue weight because it'll be a flat tail of a vehicle. Uh, it's always possible I could put a trailer on it, but I wouldn't think that a, a sway bar, especially anti-rock, would have anything to do with uh, the the traction on the the front axle. Actually, I would think it would improve it. No, sway bar is not going to make a difference. It only makes a difference when you're turning and you're 
center of gravity is high and you're rolling the vehicle. And I don't expect when you're towing, you're going to get into much, yeah, you know, right. road right. racing turns. Ho so hopefully not. It really wouldn't make a difference. Okay. Well, I just I didn't mean to take over the thing there. I just saw an opportunity to jump in there and ask a question that I've been wondering no, good about, stuff. especially after you know what I experienced because I figured if I had been disconnected, that would have been a lot smoother uh, uh, situation. Not as great a video, but a lot smoother transition. Right. <laughs> All right, Bob, two cheap Jeep guys. I want you to change my mind. Sway bars are overrated. Well, I'll tell you why I have mine still on the TJ. I yeah. have a body rack that carries 135 pound tent on top of the jeep sometimes mm. i also pull a trailer that uh for on the highway that's kind of nice additional stability and my general driving patterns involve a lot of pucker factors so <laughs> it helps i want to ride with you yes. <laughs> you Absolutely. say that now my own Tell life man won't ride on heart. some trails with me <laughs> No, I, I was uh, transporting my mother recently, and, and she looks over, and, and, you know, I'm doing like 80 and a 60, and, uh, and she's like, aren't you going a little fast? And I'm like, you know, I'm following the flow of traffic here, Ma, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. No, I, I drive aggressively. I, I always have. Uh, I, you know, I, those people who are driving oblivious, white-knuckled, and, and are going three miles under the speed limit always, I, I get the F out of my way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I got somewhere to be and I, I walk and I drive with purpose and determination. So Chris, uh, sevenslats.com. Chris, what would you have to say about sway bars? I'm, I'm curious about your opinion on this. Uh, I believe they're overrated. Can you change my mind? Probably not. I would agree. Uh, I would say, and with stock springs, most vehicles, I would want them. If you've got a heavier duty spring, no issue. Uh, I've got stock springs and a spacer lift on my JK. I drove home from the off-road park with the front disconnected. And, yeah, you get used to it after a couple blocks. Um, mm -hmm. But it's still, it, it still throws the front end around a lot. And, again, I attribute that. To, I still have the stock-rated spring. Uh, I know some guys that are running a heavier spring, you know, two or three or even a three-and-a-half-inch lift. And it's, right. it's, a lot, it's a lot more stable in that way. Um, so if you've got a lift, I would say it's less noticeable. Uh, but for me, I, 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 I like to have it. I've got the disconnects. I will say with the newer Jeeps and anything built in the last 10 years, certainly anything newer than that, the roll stability control is so sensitive. Uh, it'll scare the shit out of you probably, but you're not going over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're not going over. I mean, the roll stability control, in my experience, it just, it, it locks it down. I think if, if you got into it enough, it'd be annoying if the way you were driving. Now, I, I will go back and, and give some credit a little bit to Bob here and, and mention, I, I guess if you have, you know, a large difference in the center of gravity than and a similarly equipped vehicle uh, with, you know, a roof rack or, you know, roof tent, things like that, if you are towing, then I suppose, yeah, there is definitely a safety consideration there, as, at least as far as having some sway bars in the rear, especially if you're going to be towing. I, mean, I kind of think I started that, uh, started the segment with that one caveat that, you know, yeah, if you're going to be towing, Okay, that may be the one one reason why you would want to want to run them. I guess if you have a, a a large amount of weight on the top of the vehicle, that that would be another reason as well. But but even then, I, I you know I've loaded up my roof rack before on the XJ, running no sway bars, uh, nearly six, six inches of lift, and and I, it, I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem to be bother me all that much. Uh, but Mudman here with us tonight, Josh, uh, what would you have to say about this topic? Uh, sway bars or no sway bars? 
My last Jeep, I hardly ever ran them. My new one, there's some squirrely roads that I come home, and the road is uneven. And so I get some sudden lane changes if you're not paying attention. Yeah, I suppose if you are, if you're not paying attention, things can get away from you rather quickly. It only takes. Uh, I mean, what? It it's, it's not just me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Picking on you're never going to live that one down, Tony. <laughs> uh, no, it's like Bill running out of gas. Never going to let that. Uh-oh. Right. Uh-oh. Never, never going to let down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know that's that that's been my whole premise behind this argument. Is is you know if you're if you're an attentive enough driver, um, and I'm not talking about ten and two and eyes bugging out of your skull and and you know just you can't look away in any any given time for even a fraction of a second. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just you know having your wits about you. Uh, and being aware of your surroundings uh, and knowing your vehicle. I mean, that I, I've talked about you know, knowing your vehicle for years on this show uh, and, and the importance of seat time and, and getting yourself out of your comfort zone uh, and, and knowing what's going to happen in that kind of an emergency situation if you have to do a sudden braking and or turning maneuver or something like that and how the Jeep is going to react in any given situation. I'm pretty familiar with my Jeep and, and how that operates uh, and how that's going to work for me. So um, I've generally been able to get myself out of anything that I fun- suddenly find myself in. But uh, other people are different. Your mileage may vary, as as uh, as the saying goes. Uh, we've got another Josh with us here, Josh Downs. Um, Josh, what would you say about sway bars? I think they're overrated. I don't think they're necessarily uh, a necessity. Uh, what would you have to say about it? Personal preference. I don't have any on the CJ. On the XJ, I unhook them. Uh, I don't have quick disconnects. I just get a ratchet and take one of the links out, leave the other side yep. hooked up. Uh, I went to the watch talls two months ago and I hooked it and I still haven't hooked it back up yet. Rides a lot better, even on road. Uh, you do get more body sway, but I drive it every day. I mean, I, I, my commute in the XJ is 110 miles round trip. I don't, it doesn't bother Dang. me one way or the other. I noticed the XJ is smoother with the the sway bar disconnected. I thought that was strange, but yeah, I noticed the same thing. Very interesting. Yeah, I've I've never heard of anybody uh, disconnecting just one side before. Uh, I've 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 done that maneuver before. With, you know, stock sway bar, and you get out and you know three quarter inch uh, ratchet, and you, you undo those uh, undo those nuts, and you can you know pull them off that way. Uh, I ran that way for a couple seasons at least, I think, uh, before I uh, got with the uh, the quick disconnects and, and now nothing at all. Uh, but uh, but all the guys I've wheeled with, I've never seen one you know somebody just disconnect one side before. Uh, I'm curious how that would perform. I'm I'm really I'm half tempted to just hook everything back up so I could just you know experiment with, with that. It. Go out, try it myself, play with it. Yeah, yeah. see how it does it for myself. Like it performs like it's not hooked up. Because it's, no, it's not hooked so. to both sides. It doesn't do anything. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, it, it does uh, keep your sway bar, if you don't have some way to tie it off to hold it up, or if your bushings are worn out and it won't stay up on its own, uh, it keeps the sway bar from swinging around and hitting crap or hanging down below um, below the frame. Another bonus there. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, without having to have a you know a, a zip tie or a bungee cord or one of those little keepers uh, installed up in the wheel well, uh, yeah, that would that would work out pretty good. All right, Larry, Jeep, and Mo going to uh, round things out tonight here. Uh, sway bars, I believe that uh, not needed. What do you say? Well, I think it really depends on what kind of sway bar you're talking about. You know, I think uh, it depends on the size of your rig. You know, if you're if you got one of the new. I'll say like the JLs or JKs, big, tra- you know, big trail cow, 
if they're all, you know, everything on them. And mm-hmm. I think it makes a big difference. I think a lot of Bill's points about the anti-rock are very valid. But I would also say, too, is if you've got a huge overlanding rig with a big tent on top and all your gear, that sway bar, you're going to appreciate that real fast if you're, <laughs> if you're driving on a normal road. Now, if you're, if you're just going to the trail, maybe not as much. I think that anti-rock to help control the descent of those uh, of the axle a little bit would be a big help. But I think for a general overlander, I think you need those. If you had a tent up top and all your gear, you know, there's the jails and JK, the, the four doors, you're packing a lot of weight there when they're all rigged out. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, you know, with uh, running a, uh, you know, a roof rack. Uh, we're talking, you know, with uh, uh, Bob running that roof tent and stuff. Uh, you know, I can right. see, you know, if you've got 150, you know, 200 pounds or, or more of gear and, and, and stuff up on the top there, I mean, that's a lot of weight difference. You're definitely changing the center of gravity of the Jeep, uh, you know, from something that would be otherwise similarly equipped. Uh, and, and so a little bit of extra precaution, especially uh, if you're going to be, you know, traveling on the you know roads with, you know, all that gear up on top of the roof. Now, if you're just off road, um, you know, and and you're you're doing two and a half miles an hour the entire day, I I've, I still I don't see a need for it. But maybe out on the freeway, uh, if you got 85 mile per hour speed limits and, and you're running, you know, 200 pounds of gear on your roof, then then and on a daily basis, nonetheless, uh, then I could I could see maybe uh, you know uh, that situation also warranting it. Uh, that or towing, I think, are the only two reasons why you should run a sway bar but that's my opinion uh obviously the uh, all the folks we had around the campfire tonight have got a different opinion uh uh, a couple people agree with me a little bit to a certain extent nice to see the perspective though and i even got some homework to do thank you for that bill i'm gonna have to check out that video for sure uh and it may very well change my entire mind and my perspective might be altered uh just from watching seven minutes of video who knows uh but uh there's definitely people (laughs) out there that have more knowledge than me or definitely uh, more of a pro when it comes to this sort of stuff than I am. Uh, but like uh, we've heard from uh, other listeners, personal preference and seat time, knowing your vehicle, whatever you're comfortable with, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Well, big thanks to uh, Nick, Travis, Jimmy, John, Mike, Steve, Bill, Bob, Chris, and both Joshes, as well as Larry for uh, chiming in on this week's topic. If you would like to join in on the campfire side chat, we would certainly love to have you. It's a different topic each week. Who knows what we're going to be talking about next week, uh, but you can join in uh, by following us on Facebook, or you can receive notifications via our newsletter as well. Uh, it's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. All you got to do is go to uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up for it. And it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. We're not going to spam you. We don't sell your information. You literally get one email a week from the Jeep Talk Show. That's it. But it's got some good inside information and uh, some heads up about some things we have going on and, and what's coming up in the weeks ahead with the Jeep Talk Show. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, remember that Tony's online presence is exactly the same as it is here on the show. You've been warned. And as always, (laughs) thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. You know, the most important thing to remember is not to forget. I'll try to remember that. This just in from the Jeep Talk Show Discord server. Sway bar? You mean bitch bar? Ah, yes. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Yeah, the meme of the uh, the guy from the 30s and 40s uh, putting up his dukes. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm guessing since 2010.